Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temin here on Federal News Network. The House vote last week really didn't do that much, given how much dispute there is over the infrastructure bills in the Senate. And even that vote came after multiple delays. And anyhow, Congress is out this week, and the regular appropriations continuing resolution hasn't got much longer to go. Is a year-long CR in the offing? We get the outlook from WTOP Capitol Hill correspondent Mitchell Miller. And that House vote last week on the infrastructure bills because... I guess Speaker Pelosi had been thwarted by the left side of her skirt tails there for so long that she just had to have a vote. Right. There was a lot of pressure building up after the election results, which she acknowledged was a bad night for Democrats. And it really kind of lit a fire under the Democratic Party. And they said they had to get something done. So... Ironically, after spending months and months trying to secure basically an agreement with Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, the moderate senators who have held up a lot of things on their end, they didn't really get that before those votes. So now they are still going to have to go to the Senate in the coming months and try to figure out what is going to ping pong back and forth between the House and Senate. So even though the House has moved on this uh, with this presidential Uh, social spending plan, there is still a lot of work to be done there because uh, the Senate has made it very clear that they are not going to include everything that was included in the House bill. Uh, Among the things that were added, of course, was uh, extended family leave, which House Speaker Pelosi and many progressives and many Democrats wanted to include. But Senator Manchin from West Virginia has said, wait a second, I don't know if we can spend that kind of money on that kind of program. So there is going to be a continuing back and forth, uh, which we have seen over the last few months. So a temporary victory for House Democrats, yes, but still much work to be done in the coming month. And what about the continuing resolution with the Congress out this week that gets us dangerously close to Thanksgiving (laughs) and then dangerously close to the December 3rd deadline? And I've seen, I think Bloomberg was saying that there could be now a year-long CR. That's right. It very well could happen because you've got all of these things, as usual with Congress, piling up as we get toward Thanksgiving and to early December. In fact, the Senate is really only effectively going to be in session, barring changes for about three weeks the rest of the year. So obviously, that doesn't leave a lot of time to get all this appropriations done. And so there is that possibility of a year-long CR. And once they get to that December 3rd, when the uh, latest CR um, is about to expire, then of course, we've also got the debt limit to deal with as well. And you're going to throw in on top of that wherever we are with the reconciliation bill with the Democrats. So a lot of things piling up here in the next several weeks and early December. And, you know, we could again, deja vu all over again, Yogi Berra, get into that point of is there going to be a government shutdown? Is there going to be a shorter CR to get us early into the year? Or is it going to be actually, as you noted, a year long CR? And, of course, a year-long CR in some, well, in the Washington way of accounting, which is not anything to do with the reality of how most people count money. But in the Washington way, that amounts to giant across-the-board budget cuts. Yeah, exactly, because they're going to have to effectively chop things owing to the way that the budgetary – setup is worked out. So you're right. They're going to have to really cut back. And those are, again, more tough decisions that lawmakers are going to have to make. And I imagine when they do go home for whatever they're doing this week, field work, and then later on for the Thanksgiving break and so on, they're going to face some very mixed reactions from their constituents, as we're seeing played out across the country over vaccine mandates, 
and now the proposed OSHA rule for the 100-plus employers. That's playing great and terrible at the same time in the same places. Right. There is really a lot of talk again once again about vaccines. Of course, we had the uh, order uh, from OSHA last week, uh, which will affect more than 80 million uh, Americans in connection with the private employers of 100 or more. And then you have the uh, federal vaccine uh, mandate for all executive branch employees who have to be vaccinated by November 22nd. Well, of course, if you do the math backwards, uh, if you get a shot, you have to have two weeks ahead of time. So basically, today, is the deadline for a lot of federal workers. And uh, there have been uh, new guidelines point put out for people who are looking for health exemptions and for religious exemptions. Uh, the federal government trying to clarify some of the things that agencies are going to have to be dealing with as people try to apply for these uh, type of exemptions. And then, of course, there's also the issue of if people just absolutely refuse to get vaccinated, then they can be terminated. And as we've talked about before, there is a whole series of things that agencies have to do before they can actually let go of somebody. So there's a lot of issues related to vaccines that are popping up around there. And then, of course, also the other thing is we just had the uh, recent good news related to being able to vaccinate kids. Uh, how that affects federal workers is they've actually updated the guidelines so that federal workers can actually get paid leave if they go to take their kids between the ages of 5 and 11 to get vaccinated. And that runs into uh, some of the other things that agencies have been doing over the last few months. And if your kids are over 11, just give them the car keys and they go. <laughs> right. Oh, wait a minute. Not quite. <laughs> Maybe not as safe. We're speaking with Mitchell Miller, Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. So is there an agenda then that's shaping up for the week after this? Well, clearly the Senate is going to be starting to take up more of the appropriations process. They have to. Uh, the defense programs have to be put into place. And they really are going to have to get into the nitty gritty of what's in that social spending plan to see if they can get to a point where uh, Democrats would like to get it by sometime before the Thanksgiving break. So if they are able to intensely work on this over the next several weeks uh, through November. Uh, but a lot of people are also saying this could very easily slip, especially with all those deadlines that we talked about in early December. So uh, a lot of activity going to be coming back when they get back uh, after this week. And another issue overlaying this for the federal government, one is there is a bill that would sort of force the government to really reassess its real estate needs on the assumption, I guess, that the full workforce will never return to the office that was there before. And at the same time, the GOP is saying, get back to work. So there's a couple cross currents on that front also. Right. For example, on the uh, getting back to work situation, uh, this is a group of Senate Republicans who have said that they do not think that there have been enough federal employees getting back physically into their offices. So uh, Senator Cynthia Lummis from Wyoming, along with others, have co-sponsored legislation called the Having Employees Return to Duty or HERD Act. Uh, basically, it would put pressure on federal agencies to make sure that they're getting workers back into their offices. Also, that they uh, resume their pre-pandemic telework and working schedules. Uh, many of these lawmakers last week uh, issued uh, a letter as well as this legislation indicating that they just don't think that the federal agencies are moving fast enough to get people back into their offices. And then related to that, uh, which is also a, an issue for the private sector as well, as anybody knows around the Washington area, um, 
that a lot of these offices, uh, office buildings are just not filled like they used to be. And so uh, a lot of lawmakers are saying, well, let's try to figure this out and help these agencies make some money related to this. Uh, so there's a, a piece of legislation called SMART, the Saving Money and Accelerating Repairs through Leasing Act, of course, you always have to have an ac acronym that works, right, uh, that would create a pilot program so that they could take underutilized real estate, in other words, buildings that just don't have the bodies that they used to, and be able to turn it around so that they could get it to fair market value from, from other places. So, for example, NASA has used a similar program where they are able to sublet some of these uh, areas and parts of buildings and, and buildings themselves, and then they are able to utilize that money once the agency gets it and turn it around for other things, maybe capital projects or maintenance for their other facilities that are filled. So that's another effort where lawmakers are thinking they've got to you know, re consider all of these areas that have been kind of thrown around by the pandemic, because obviously a lot of these buildings are just not filled like they used to be. Not sure the HERD Act is the best name to get people <laughs> back to office, because that really, what are we, sheep here? And if you talk to the Office of Management and Budget, as I did uh, last week, the Deputy Director for Management, Jason Miller, very quick to point out that the government, in terms of delivering service, they feel hasn't missed a beat, even with people not in the offices. So, I guess everything is partisan these days. Absolutely. Everything is partisan. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's uh, wearing masks, vaccinations, or even just looking at how the federal government has been working or not working, depending on your point of view. Mitchell Miller is Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. Hey, thanks so much. You bet. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.